Thanks, Pastor Adam. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Twilliger Community Church. I love the line this week that somebody said, uh, when God closes a door, he opens a browser window. (laughs) When God closes a door, he opens a browser window. And that's exactly what's what's happening today. Uh, We have about 200 people, nearly 200 people logged in for this service this morning. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that technology, and uh, we would sooner be with you in person, of course, but we're glad to be with you through our window browsers. It's my joy to bring the message this morning from God's Word. My name is Pastor Ken, and uh, I, I want to say that Pastor Norb and his amazing team here at TCC are totally engaged in responding to our new reality. We so appreciate their hearts and their love for the Savior. And we're having some great moments together because everyone is completely dialed in at a time like this, completely committed to however God is leading us. Well, as Pastor Norb said, we've been, uh, we as a staff have been preaching, uh, teaching from the Gospel of Mark, uh, walking with Jesus for some months. And uh, way back in September, this particular date uh, was scheduled. And it was Mark chapter 13, so we're just trusting God that that he's got it very sovereignly ordained and, and has a timing for this message this morning. So I've called it the comforting big picture, the comforting big picture. And that is really the heart of the 13th chapter of Mark's gospel. Uh, if you've got your Bible with you, notice it's a, it's a very long chapter, 37 verses and uh, we'll try not to get uh, tangled in, in the myriad of detail. So grab a coffee uh, and a muffin. <laughs> wow, church has never been so good. Uh, and let's just ask God to reveal his heart through his word this morning that we would hear him. Amen. Now we come to the great prophecy of Jesus which deals with the last days of planet Earth, just before the return of the king, who will come in power and glory. It's called the Olivet Discourse, because these are the words that Jesus spoke on the Mount of Olives. Sequentially, it comes after Palm Sunday. And the chapter launches with Jesus and his disciples coming out of the temple... And one of the guys looked around and looked back at the temple and remarked, this building is amazing. Look at those stones that hold up the temple. And he was right. Some of those stones were were 40 feet long and 18 feet wide and 12 feet high. They They were monstrous. And Jesus replied, yes, look at these great buildings, but they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Jesus says, yes, impressive, but they're all coming down. I mean, I don't expect the disciples uh, uh, were anticipating Jesus to say something quite like that. So it appears here that they dropped the subject for a while as they journeyed out to where their lodging place would be. And when they got to the Mount of Olives, they sat down, four of them, and they were full of questions. From the Mount of Olives, you have this beautiful view over... Uh, the valley of uh, the Kidron Valley. And you can see, today you can see old Jerusalem. In that day you would have been able to see the magnificent splendor of the temple where it stood in the center of Jerusalem. 
Now, what Jesus said is, uh, uh, maybe it did upset these four guys because they, they said, now let's talk. What, what were you saying back there? All these, all these stones would be brought down. We don't get it. I mean, this is the temple. This is the place of worship for Jews everywhere. And this is our temple. They said, like, Lord, really? You mean this is really going to happen? The temple will be destroyed? And then their question was, well, tell us when this is going to happen. And so Jesus goes into quite a discourse on what will come to pass. Aren't you glad for people like Peter and James and John and Andrew? Uh, And you see the value of asking good questions because you get good information. And we learn a lot from their questions. You know what? Their question really was very much our question. Because when we read this, we all say, really? But when is this going to happen? And will it be in my lifetime? I've always wondered, will I be alive when this great moment of history breaks forth and Jesus comes again? I mean, you've thought of it too. When? When? Interesting how Jesus responds He doesn't answer the when question immediately. It's like, I heard your question, but you need to know some other things first. And then right at the end of the chapter, he begins to address somewhat the when question. But he doesn't start with when. What does he start with? He starts with, don't be led astray. Heads up. Heads up, guys. Pay attention. Be alert. Don't be led astray. I don't want you to get fooled when things get really intense. I don't want you hitting the snooze button. I want you to be awake and aware. So this is the umbrella for much of uh, Mark chapter 13. Don't let anyone mislead you. Well, how does COVID-19 fit into all of this? I think Jesus would answer that question by saying, heads up, pay attention. I mean, he won't answer the when question with COVID-19. But I think he would say to us, tuck it away. See it as something that's happening in the foreground. I mean, it's happening right now before your very eyes. It's impacting the population of the globe. But it's also in the background. It may be part of the invisible spiritual realities that you actually don't see. The sovereign hand of God working in the background weaving the tapestry. Uh, We won't have clarity as to how, how all of this fits, and we won't try to fit it into some kind of prophetic puzzle. We'll just nod our head and say, it may be part of the background in the things that God is alerting to us all. You know, this could be a dry run to get the church ready. I just say that again. This This, in fact, could be a dry run to get the church ready for what is yet to come. But he's reminding us, see what can happen in literally weeks. The mighty stones of the globe can come tumbling down. The structures of society can be shaken. And it feels like things are coming apart. And it can happen amazingly fast. How do you interpret it? It's a nudge. It's just a big nudge towards readiness. Don't let anyone mislead you. And then he proceeds to list some things that may 
mislead you, may confuse you, in fact, uh, may cause you to fall asleep at the wheel. And he's saying, just be careful of all of this. And it seems like he has two audiences. One are these four men who are asking the question in the, in the there and now, but also he's speaking to us at the same time. So he speaks to the moment and he speaks to the future. And here are some things that will keep you, uh, should keep you from being lulled to sleep. He said, first of all, you're going to see some false messiahs arise. Many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. So heads up, there are not only people who claim to be the Messiah, but also false teaching and cults that rise up in times like these. False messiahs rise up in a time when crisis looms and they offer hope and direction and they can be very appealing and very enticing. But in, un, underneath it, they're more interested in power than in serving. Ah, doesn't history teach us that? False teaching will be prevalent. As followers, we need to know the word of God. Give due attention to reading the word of God and memorizing it and studying it so we are clear on the core essentials of our faith in Jesus Christ. Could you keep yourself from starving spiritually if you weren't able to be part of a church body for a long, long time? Can you still keep growing? Secondly, wars and threats of wars, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but Jesus says don't panic. Uh, and in the last 2,000 years, the world has almost always had a war happening somewhere. Earthquakes and famines, they've been around for years, Jesus says. But this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. These things will occur, but they are not signs of the time in terms of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. They are not signs that the Lord is just about to come. Jesus says, but the end won't follow immediately. So he's saying, take heed, understand the day in which you live, and here are some things which will happen, but they don't signal the very end. Now, it seems like there's a second section in the 13th chapter, and it starts again in verse 9 when it says, take heed or watch. When these things begin to happen, Jesus says, watch out. For what? Persecution. There will come a day when persecution sets in. Now, this is not the end, but Jesus wants us to be aware that these things are coming. Now, I know people in various parts of the world, they read this, and uh, they read it a lot differently than what we read it today, because here we are in free Canada. But they're already part of what we call the persecuted church. And friends, the, this isolation these days, no public gatherings. I mean, some of you are watching, and you, ha you are in that 14-day self-isolating period of time. And isn't it difficult? Uh, and it gives us a bit of an idea of what it would be like to not meet together for an extended period of time. It would be hard. Not being able to connect, not being able to share community. And I thought, oh, how relevant the Bible is. Uh, look at this verse in John 16, 32. Jesus says, do you now believe? He replied, a time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. 
New International Version. Now, I know it's a different context, but it's happened before. Scattered each to your own home. I mean, how does a church resource itself when its people are scattered to their own homes? Uh, home groups, important. Life groups are important. Uh, small groups. Uh, and and uh, one of our groups this week uh, met by Zoom. I mean, it's never as good as being together uh, in person, but it works. And there is community through technology. Uh, you know, in all of my years, uh, I have, uh, and I'm sure all of your years, we can't remember a time when we could never gather in public uh, for a worship service. I, I don't remember, other than a Canadian snowstorm. But other than that, uh, it's never been our experience. Now, we may want to see this as a preparation time. Learn all you can. We'll look back at this sometime when we really learned how to communicate in different ways. We really learned how to pray for, for our real needs. <clears throat> and we learned how to help one another in their journey. And we learned the core essentials of the faith. And we, we came to discover how to feed ourselves from the word of God. So we were never without. And so maybe the Lord is saying, church, learn to feed yourself. Learn how to go deeper. Learn how to hear his voice. And Jesus says to these four guys, when all of this comes down, he said, look, this will be an opportunity to tell others about me. Isn't that a great reminder? Friends, you have a unique opportunity to tell others about me. So Jesus says, go and tell them about me. And I mean, it's already happening with COVID-19. I mean, who in the world could have ever foreseen that this was going to happen? And it's not persecution at all. It's hardship, but it's not persecution. Uh, but there's lots of economic stress uh, today. People are losing their jobs. Stores are shutting down. Uh, some people are very sick. We're needing some very essential things like uh, ventilators. And there's the pressure of uh, conflict in homes. Uh, so it's hard. It's hard. But is it ever a door opener at the same time? And so what an encouraging verse for us that Jesus says, don't worry in advance what you're going to say. Just say what God tells you at the moment. Because it's not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome of Jesus to give us a heads up? Don't try to formulate some kind of speech. Just have a prepared heart and uh, trust God at that moment that uh, when the time is right, he's just going to give you the words that you need to share with somebody else. And, and you can share them with joy and you can share them with confidence. And he says, I will have the Holy Spirit lead you. I'll have the Holy Spirit lead you. The Holy Spirit will amaze you at how he can speak through you. Then fifthly, there's the area of family division. The, the enormous pressure that can come upon families. Every age witnesses people in the family of God. They start well, and then they begin to fade away. They begin to wither. And some of the dearest family ties are severed under, under great pressure. What Jesus is saying is, watch out. Some of that's going to happen. Some of that's going to take place. Uh, and friends, a word of encouragement as you go about your lives. Some of your friends and colleagues uh, may really be needing a shoulder to lean upon in these days.
because they have great pressure and because of the hope you have in Christ, you can stand alongside of them. So just kind of a, a word to us to keep our eyes peeled. I had to have, a, by the way, a service company come to the house this week. And I saw the tremendous pressure that these two guys were facing in their lives. And uh, they were no sooner in the door and they just opened up and they talked about their employment and uh, the fact that they didn't have much work and uh, they didn't know how they were going to pay their rent. And so they said, we're just going to take an extra long time uh, installing this because we don't have another job to go to. I said, do you want a coffee? They said, no, I think we'll go out and get a coffee and then we'll wander back in. So they're kind of trying to stretch out that job and I wasn't sure whether to smile at them or not. Then there's sexually the claim that man is God. Verse 14 would, would have been familiar to the four guys that Jesus is talking to. It's not so familiar to us. I mean, it comes out of Daniel chapter 9, verses 27, and then 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 31, which described a coming figure who would desecrate the temple and would abolish daily sacrifice there. It was an abomination so detestable that people were abandoning the, their beloved temple because it was violated. And it actually happened 150 years before the time of Christ when a foreign king was, was uh, the image of a foreign king was placed in the sacred temple. And in fact, a brothel was set up in the temple chambers and it defiled the temple. So for us, it looks ahead to the man of sin who is yet to appear and take up the claim that man is God. Man is putting himself on the throne of God. And it points to the fact that one day you'll see a man of lawlessness rise up and put himself in place of God and will desire our worship be directed to him. And so we come now to uh, this next section, and, and you, you can tell that Jesus is now giving us clues as to the escalation of the coming of Jesus Christ. He says, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and they will perform signs and wonders so as if to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. Watch out. He says, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So that's the heart of Mark 13. I've warned you about this ahead of time. I don't want you to get caught off guard. So see what Jesus is doing all through this great chapter. He's warning. He's saying, pay attention. Here's a picture of what is part of the journey until Jesus comes. And then we arrive. Verses 26 and 27. Now it's time. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now this is where it's eventually headed, the return of Christ. Where are we now in, in knowing how close we are to the greatest of all events? No one can say. That's why this continual reminder to take heed. And now Jesus begins to just address their question a little, little bit on the when. When will all this happen? Jesus says, look at the fig tree. When the branches bud and the leaves begin to sprout and pop open, you know summer's near. So when you see all these things happening that I've just told you about, then it's close. But Lord, when exactly is it? Jesus says, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself Only the Father knows, and since you don't know 
when that time will be or when it will come, be on guard and stay alert. He says it again. It's so deep in his heart. Verse 36, don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. The Greek word for watch literally means chase sleep away. No one can watch and be asleep at the same time. Uh, St. Francis said in his day, many people are spiritually asleep. George Whitfield said in the 1700s, the Christian world is in a deep sleep. Nothing but a loud voice can wake people out of it. So today and tomorrow, uh, we'll go back and we'll keep doing our part uh, in battling this virus. We will come alongside of one another. But when you read Mark 13, you just have the sense again that this is the comforting big picture. And as a follower of Christ, uh, you can walk with hope and courage today because you know where all of this is headed. Mark chapter 13. Underneath it all is this message of hope that we're his children. And he loves us. And he walks with us through COVID-19 and whatever else comes our way. I'll close with just telling you this story. I, I met with a group of uh, pastors from the, across the country uh, online, and I, I do that every week. This week, someone shared that they felt God gave them a picture that came into their mind with respect to the unique times in which we're living. And the picture was that of, of sheep all crowded together in a pen. And I am sure they all wanted to be out the sheep grazing in the big field, open field. But they were all penned up. And they were getting a little restless. And they were jostling one another because they were so close in this pen. And then, if you can imagine, some of them began to lift their head up from the jostling and the crowded conditions. They began to lift their head up. One here, one there, and one there. And as they lifted their head up, they began to see and have a new perspective. They looked up and they saw the shepherd. And as they did, they began to, to relax. So we relax in Jesus today, knowing that he has us and uh, he walks with us through these days. Let's pray together. God, thanks for being our Father. Today we know you watch over all of us and you keep us close to your heart. Give us strength to lift our heads and see that you're doing a new thing in our churches and across this land. Help us to take heed, Lord, that one day when time is absolutely in, in line with the Father, that Jesus, you will come. So help us to be ready. In Jesus' name, amen.